0: Hi, I'm Paulina.
1: And I'm Peter.
0: Welcome to Tap Into Extraordinary, the podcast for Go-getters, big dreamers and overachievers.
1: Join us as we discover what it takes to tap into the extraordinary.
0: Another Monday, another episode of Tap Into Extraordinary podcast. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I hope you're having a good start to the week. Um, as always, we're here to bring you another extraordinary guest and their journey, um, a bit more about their journey to success. And again, what does extraordinary look like for them? So another week and another spotlight of an extraordinary person that we believe you would find inspirational, would give you the, get your creative juices flowing and get you motivated for the week ahead. So on this week's podcast, uh, we have Patrice, uh, who is founder of a digital marketing agency, Pinkship. You may have seen her across some of the most famous, famous publications out there, like Huffington Post and MTV, and she has worked with a ton of amazing brands that um, I'm sure we'll get into in more details and talk about her work. But before we start doing that, Patrice, welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here. Uh, welcome to 70 Extraordinary. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you for joining us. Um, I guess I kind of touched on some of the things that you do there but I know that your bio was quite impressive itself and there's <laughs> so much more that you're doing beyond just being a founder of a digital marketing agency that is a pretty successful um, in its own right. So do you want to start off by telling us a bit more about yourself and what do you do?
2: Sure. I mean, I was listening to you um, <laughs> introduce me and I'm like, is it me she's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that sounds great. Um, yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, I I am the founder of a digital marketing agency um, and that, is, that kind of takes up the, mo- the main bulk of my time. But around that, I do like coaching as well, teaching workshops and supporting small business owners uh, with you know, just advice and and strategies that they can use to build their own businesses. Um, And a lot of consultancy work as well outside of the work that I do within the agency. And that's it. (laughs) Work-wise, anyways, other than that, you know, I'm a mum, I've got a two-year-old, I love to travel, currently in Canada at the moment um, with my husband and my daughter. And we are building, because our agency which I run with my husband, by the way, is based in London and Toronto. So we're ca- currently living in Toronto, building the, the Canadian leg of the business. So that's kind of what I'm up to now.
1: Fantastic. So, I mean, that sounds, it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate, I guess, um, because it yes. is <laughs> no joke having something that's obviously based out in London then also out in Canada. And you've kind of said that that's kind of all you basically do, but it's quite a big It's a big thing to be doing. How long have you been been
2: on this journey for? Um, Five years now. It's coming up to six. Um, But honestly, it feels like a decade. (laughs) It feels like it's been so long. Um, Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm glad you said that because I guess when you say you have one job, it it doesn't really (laughs) fully capture just how intense that job is. (laughs) So, yeah, it is a lot of stuff.
1: This is where the extraordinary starts to come out. You say you've been doing this for five years. So in five uh-huh. years, you've gone from starting something, I guess in London originally. Yes. And then within five years, get to the point where you actually have another office that you're building out now in Canada. Yeah. How do you make that happen in five years?
2: Oh, well, it's actually quite interesting. It's very... My business is very intertwined with my life. I've noticed. Um, my husband is Canadian. So at the start of our relationship, let's say we've been together almost seven years, we were long distance, um which in, included moving back and forth between England and Canada, um a lot in the early stages of our, our early stages of our relationship. And we started this company together. So it was very natural that we started work both in the uk and in canada it just Mm -hmm. happened naturally um i was here for maybe eight weeks one time and on you know just with him in the summer and i got bored (laughs) it was about three weeks into the trip and i was just like gosh like i'm i'm not working right now i just don't have anything to do and i started looking for events local events in the area that i could go to and just kind of do some networking i mean i had no real plans to start working in canada But I just needed to do something Um, So I started looking at local events Um, I found one I went, I started networking I brought my camera with me Because I guess that's just what I do And I mean, I noticed that they didn't really have a lot of media going on So I just started filming Made some videos for them They loved it And then they invited us to the headquarters And was like, you know, let's work together I would love to hire you And I guess at that point I really didn't have any plan Any structure or any any thoughts about like how we would do that. But um, I just took the opportunity and we kind of built backwards. So we just found a company that was interested in working with us and then we just started figuring it out. (laughs) And then from there, I guess the Canadian side of things really grew. And that was about, let's say, that was 2015.
1: Wow. That happened. Yeah. Wow. And I'm listening to that and it's like, okay, because I think a, you said one thing that is really, really key to me. Your work mm. is intertwined with your life. Yeah. And You know what? I say this all the time because people are like, oh, we need to have this side hustle. We need to have that side hustle. I say these things are a lot easier for you to kind of like maintain if it's not in like four or five different things where you're being pulled pillar to post. Yes. And for you, you've got, well, it is an international business, international brand now, but it's your as you said, it's intertwined with your life. So it's mm-hmm. not as though you're doing something completely different. It's like, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to shift into something completely different now. It just intertwines with, with your day-to-day livelihood and, and your, your family setup as well, I guess.
2: Yes. Yes. That's important for me. I, I talk about this all the time. I don't know if you've ever read a book called, um, for our work week,
0: Yes, my favorite book of
2: all time, literally. Yeah. Between that book and another book called Click Millionaires, I discovered the real importance of lifestyle design. Um, and that is just putting a focus on the lifestyle you want to have rather than the career you want to have we do things backwards, we pick our our career first, we say, okay, I want to be a doctor, or I want to be a whatever, we pick our job, and then we kind of are stuck with whatever lifestyle we're given, like, we we have, we just take what we get around that, like, that the hours that we have to wake up, the the amount of hours that we have on the weekend to relax, just, you know, the amount of work we have to take home in the evenings, like, we kind of, are stuck with that because we picked the job first and I think it's important to actually choose your lifestyle first and then pick a career that can accommodate that so first you decide what kind of lifestyle you want to live and then choose your career choose a career that will allow you to have that so it's like if I if I want to um if I want weekends off or if I want summers off then I have to pick a job that gives me that like maybe I want to be a teacher because I want to have the summer off or something like that you pick a job that lets you have the lifestyle that you want to have. Um, so you're not, like you said, not being pulled in into so many different directions and feeling unsatisfied with your life. Although your career might be going well, sometimes we can still find ourselves quite unhappy mm-hmm. because yeah. our life isn't how we want it.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that that is a really, really key thing. And I've I've recently gone through that kind of like shift from moving from corporate world into being self-employed. And this is kind of my, my next question for you, which segues quite nicely. Obviously you were employed prior. How did you find that transition from employed into self-employed now doing what you're doing? And has that been the greatest thing that's happened to you in the last 10 years? Obviously aside from obviously your daughter and, and, and family.
2: Right. So it, it it felt like a, a smooth transition because although I was employed, I was an independent contractor. So I was a freelancer essentially. Um and I would take retainer work. So I had a job, but I still kind of worked for myself. I started to do my own taxes and I still had the invoice for my for my pay. So I didn't really feel like I was necessarily like on payroll, like a proper, proper job. I was still kind of working for myself in a sense um so transitioning to running my own business the only change I guess was the amount of self-discipline that I needed um and the amount of just what's the word structure I needed to give myself each day like I really needed to parent myself um and I didn't understand and I, and I guess I hadn't reached full adulthood yet <laughs> when I started this. I was like 20, 21. And at that age, you still want to enjoy life. So to actually have to sit yourself down and say, look, I'm going to bed at this time because I need to be up at this time and this is what I need to do today. Like having to give yourself so much structure at that at that age is, is difficult. It is very difficult. Um, but that, I guess, was the biggest challenge for me. Prior to my freelancer, work yeah like I said I I was always an independent contractor even from the age of 16 so my first job I was an um, independent contractor I was a I was a merchandiser and I did that up until 21 so um yeah I think the only difference really was just learning how to structure my days and I found that hard (laughs) I still find that hard I, I don't think I've figured it out (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i don't think anybody really gets gets um the full swing of that
2: no. <laughs> this is amazing
1: by the way because like you're merchandiser at 16 on a freelancer type kind of gig would you say that you've always been um I, I don't want to say entrepreneurial do you think you've always had a mindset of working for yourself is the best way to go
2: absolutely i'm i'm jamaican background right and i don't know if i don't know i don't know what your background is but if you know much about Jamaicans of like real hustlers, like real Mm -hmm. hard workers, like some Jamaicans will have five, six jobs. I just, Mm -hmm. it's just real work ethic. It's, it's strong. Um, and I mean, I'm not, I don't, I always say I wasn't raised in poverty or anything like that. I wasn't raised in any like financial hardship, but I was raised by absolute hard workers. My mom and dad just, the work ethic I witnessed, it's just it's out of this world. Every opportunity I guess I have even had has come somehow through them, not necessarily financially, but just a connection that they had or something that really got me started. So my dad, he was, an, he is still, they still work, an engineer. And my mom, um, an entrepreneur and always has been really. My first job came through my mom. My mom worked at the company and they needed merchandise and she employed me. Um, and I just watch, I watched them both work, I watched them both grind. Um, I watched my dad study. Like he's in his 60s now. He's just turned 60 this year, and he still studies. And he's like one of the best engineers that he's an award-winning engineer, one of the best in his craft, world famous amongst engineers. But he still studies. You still see him with his books, studying his engineering, always working, always trying to get better at it, always advancing himself. Same with my mom. And I just thought, wow, like that is definitely where I've got my um, my determination from and my, my hustle. Like I really just want to do better, be great, be as excellent as I can, you know, and I, I definitely get that from them. Um, um, Yeah. So like I said, my first job was through my mom. My mom hired me to be a merchandiser. And when I started my company, actually, she was the first person to to hire us <laughs> she's the <laughs> first she was the first company to hire us um we didn't have any clients and she had a salon and she was just like okay well i'll hire you and she's still a client <laughs> wow what wow.
0: she described there is exactly my family <laughs> <laughs> really i love that <laughs> <Exactly my> family <laughs> just bulgaria just in bulgaria like yeah <laughs> That person who until the last day would probably be studying and watching documentaries (laughs) and and looking for new ways to do things. And we also, I also grew up in a family of self made entrepreneurs, so like people that started from nothing and then Mm. that has now been running for 30 years. And I know how powerful that can be. And I'm 100% with you, I think that has been. It doesn't matter how well I'm doing in my corporate job. I think my preference would forever be being an entrepreneur. Despite seeing, as you said, how hard they used to work, I do think yeah. it shows a whole new appreciation in you for um, the opportunities that we have been given as a result of what the work that they have put in. But I think it makes you appreciate as well, like the realistic. I don't know if you feel that you saw that with your mom, especially being an entrepreneur, but I definitely saw the downsides of being an entrepreneur. Yes. like it, It's working 24 seven. It's not having the ability to detach yourself from the business. Right. It's your baby. You're literally building this from nothing. Um, so I guess with that said, I'm very interested to hear uh, what would you say are some of the key Lessons that you have come across in your life and career to date, uh, whether that is by example, from the family or through your experiences, but also, is there anything that you would do differently if you were able to go back five, six years or back to being 16. Um, is there anything you would do differently?:
2: Yes. I'm a very much a <laughs> Jump now and figure it out later, type of person. I that's 100% me. If I want to do something, I just do it and then I plan as I go (laughs) and work it out as I go. Like, I'll jump out of the plane and then be like, right, where's the parachute (laughs) on my way down? Um, but if I could start again, I would definitely plan first, okay? Like, I would prepare a lot, a lot more, not to the point where I am procrastinating. Like, you know, some people they're forever going over the fine details and they just never ever go for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be that over prepared, but I do want to be more prepared for, you know, I just want to have my finances planned properly, my just everything planned, like my team building. I just kind of want to have a better picture of like how I'm going to do things and I think if I was to go back and do it that way, I would have I wouldn't have had to make so many mistakes. Um because I definitely did have to make a lot of mistakes to figure out what I'm doing and I I could have, you know, cut all of that out. As much as my parents are, you know, very business minded, they they don't they don't work in my industry, so they can't advise me really. It's not like my brother; he's an engineer, so he could just go work under my dad and learn everything from him. But neither one of my parents do marketing, so I had to figure that stuff out. Um, I would find myself a mentor. I mean, I had some quote unquote mentors, but none that were just happy to give me the keys without feeling some sort of uh what's the word ownership of of what i'm creating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just wanted mentors who could just give me the keys without feeling like you know
1: i need a piece the of same.
2: this yeah like, yes yeah. exactly so i feel like i and, and i would have found myself something like that i really looked a little bit harder for that um and yeah. So those are the two things I think I definitely could have gone back and, and worked on.
1: That's interesting. You talk about um, mentors there because like this, I think this is just the, um, I think this is just the fact of life that when you have an idea and you you take the steps to kind of bring it to life, when you tell people, obviously, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had a, a sense of trepidation of like, I don't really want to, really want to share what i'm doing here but you've got a skill set that i really need you to kind of like help me with like nudge me in the right position Mm. and every time it was like well i think this would be great this would be fantastic they wanted a piece of the pie Mm. and it's like Mm -hmm. i've got to go off and do the work i've got to do the long 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 slog so i can definitely relate to what you're talking about there because it feels like it's just one of those things that you can have a great idea or you feel as though you're going to do something that is different it's natural that people want a piece of the pie if they're going to help you and it almost has to be that exchange of value which is fine but it's a really really tough thing to kind of have to like navigate yeah. when you're in the midst of it you know what i mean
2: yeah it's 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 difficult i mean i'm not someone that's afraid to ask for help i will ask for help all day every day like just even for simple things like I I don't have any pride <laughs> when it comes to that but for me it's just like if I am asking for help and you're willing to give me the help I don't want that to now be held over me mm-hmm. I don't want you holding this over me I don't want you being telling people you created me like it's just that's mm-hmm. where it just gets too much now and I feel like we have taking it too far <laughs> um so yeah that's definitely something I guess I I would encourage people to find mentors because it does help. And I have had people who have selflessly helped me, um, selflessly helped me and and guided me and given me advice and and resources. I have had that, but not like as a long-term ongoing relationship with anybody. And I guess I wish that that's something I would have had, especially in the earlier stages when I was trying to get this thing off the ground. I mean, at the beginning, I was doing a lot of, little jobs here and there that either wouldn't pay enough or wouldn't pay at all so I guess I was still grinding to try and make a real job out of this or to make a real business out of this I guess now that I'm at that place where it's like I don't have to kind of grind quite as hard um now it's just about growth and I'm happy to be at this stage now but I can look back and say right I would have been here so much faster had I had better planning, better financial planning, you know, better career advice, if I had just some more connections that could have linked me with some companies that needed me. And not only that, but if I had better training as well, because I did study advertising, PR and media at university. But by the time I graduated, things had changed so much in the industry that I had to really study, study up more. And I didn't really have anyone to learn under because no one was really that good at social media when I was starting. So there's a lot of self-teaching. And I think there's just so many things. I guess. I would have been further along had I had just better resources at the beginning
1: so how big how big is your team now'm I'm, I'm curious.
2: Well, we're a small team, so we've gone from having four people to like twelve people back down to five people. It's not many of us, but what we do have um, are we have a lot of freelancers that work with us on on projects like on mm-hmm. as and when and things like that who I would consider part of our team but just not on you know, full-time staff. Um, and I prefer it this way that we have just the five of us on like regular full-time, half of us obviously being in Canada and half being in the UK. But then when we have a big project where we need more hands on deck, I have, you know, my list of people I can just reach out to and say, okay, we've got work and they come on board, we get the project done and then we can go our separate ways again. I, I prefer that rather than just having people sit around between projects
1: (laughs) and I think that that's a really really key kind of like business decision right there that you've made Mm -hmm. that that kind of works for you because I don't know it's it's weird because depending on and I don't this will be a very generalized statement right but depending on the kind of person that you end up recruiting and I when I was in Canary Wharf I used to recruit people onto my team it's like people are okay and they'll show determination and grit in the, or at least try to, they'll, they'll do all the right things. They're the right things when you, when you're interviewing them, but when they, when you employ them, that's when they really come through and Mm -hmm. you kind of get to understand the personalities that you've employed and whether they're actually going to, you know, simple things like be affected by something that happened at dinner last night and bring that to work. And then it completely messes up your motivations and stuff. Now that's, that's hard to deal with in the corporate world, in big Fortune 100 companies like I was at. But when you're running your own ship, you cannot afford any of that. And I think what you've just done there in terms of what you described your team looking like is, is a very, very, very important business
2: decision mm.
1: to be made. Because you get the wrong person in, it costs you money. They're not, they're not easy to get rid of. That then costs you money. If you don't get it right, it costs you even more money. So, mm-hmm. having really key uh, relationships that you can call upon say, we've well, got this project, and you know for a fact that this person's going to do a good job because they're almost in the same boat as you. They want to yeah. build that, that relationship of, I'm building something here as well. I think that is so, so key.
2: Yeah, I think my, co- my core team have been with me since I guess the beginning. I have like a, a good relationship with them to you know because they they've really helped us build this from nothing working on the tiniest salaries (laughs) to to where it is now and they kind of have a sense of like you know I've built this too kind of thing so they take it they do take it seriously but it's also a thing where I, I would like them to know that I'm I'm there for them as much as they've been there for me there have been times where really if not for if not for them we wouldn't have made it, you know, or there were times when I just genuinely didn't know what I was gonna do next or how I was gonna make things work or how I was gonna pull it out of the bag and they showed up for me. So if they're having a rough time or if they need a break or if they're going through something, I I would like them to know that they can just let me know that and have have a moment, have a minute. If they have an off day where they're not quite getting the work right, or you know, they're kind of a bit scatterbrained that day, then it's just like, look, it's fine. We all have days like this. We are humans at the end of the day. I'm not expecting you guys to perform as robots. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I kind of want them to know that and I and I guess that creates a a safe environment for them to where they don't feel like they're going to burn out or face repercussions if they have an off day I have off days you know like literally yesterday I had to cancel everything because I had to go to hospital I imagine if um you know everyone that I had to cancel on held that against me
0: yeah.
2: um we just we got we gotta know that we're all human beings and then having a roster of people that I can call on. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like these are all people I can really rely on. But again, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes they can't make it, or sometimes you know they're not available for that month because they've got something else booked. And then we've got to figure it out and um, maybe go with somebody else. And there's still challenges that come even with that model. And then we have to understand that the further away. Like the closest of the proximity, I guess, to me, my husband and the core team, the the more reliable they're they're likely to be. But if it's someone who I guess I've worked with once or twice, they don't know us. They don't really like care like that. It's just it's a job to them. It's a gig. And I'm not expecting them to to treat it like, you know, their baby or anything like that. I know that they're just going to treat it like. A summer job because <laughs> that's what that's what it is to them and I have to understand that you know this doesn't mean as much to everyone as it does to me um I guess once I was able to live with that <laughs> I could take what I could I could manage my expectations and know like what I'm going to get here and then that's where my my management skills and my leadership skills come into it like I have to really understand the different personalities that I'm working with the different skill sets I've got and try and make it so that I'm bringing the best out of everybody as best as I can. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that's a really important element as well, to be fair. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's even harder now that we're a remote team because we had it, we had a office. We did have an office in like an actual physical workspace where we come in. We don't do that anymore. I gave that up two and a half years ago. I just, I preferred to work remotely it worked for us and it wasn't something that I was ever struggling with but then there are times when it's like okay I'm not really that familiar with you as a person so we've got to figure out like how we can do this in a way where we're both showing up because it's it's I hear people say it's difficult to motivate their team remotely and that's why they need to have an office and I've never really had that problem in general but I have had occasions where it's like okay how do I motivate this person remotely and how do I make sure that this person is getting their work done or, you know? Mm. So there are sometimes some, some back and forth with that too.
0: And I think you touched on something there that I don't even think you realize you mentioned, which is literally management training one-on-one, which is mm. understanding what makes people think think, and motivate mm. them. And you were talking about like giving people, some leave room for when they're having a bad day or when they need time off or just being like human and actually a people manager above everything else. Yeah. and showing That emotional intelligence, which I think is so, so important, especially in the current climate. And I think the reason why maybe you have found them easier is because I think subconsciously you already said that it's so important to you to just be human with the people that you work with that are in your immediate team and just treat them the way that you would handle certain situations. And I think that in its own is very motivational for a lot of people. And like in management training, the one thing they always tell you is that what motivates one person doesn't motivate someone else. Exactly. understand your people is it the pay that they're there for is it the flexibility of working remotely is it the opportunity that they can have a safe space with their management like which you are creating so it's just understanding the people that you work with and what makes them thick and I think maybe without even realizing you're actually doing that very well which is why it's working for you <laughs> I guess it's also the
2: industry that I'm in it's not finance like we're not it's not a cutthroat industry. It's not one of those industries where it's like doggy dog or anything like that. It's with creative people and creatives are sensitive. <laughs> like you have to be very gentle with creative people. Um and again, we're not working in a factory or anything. It's not like something that is like one plus one equals two. This is this is the type of work we do requires creativity, imagination. You need to be in a good mental space. You need to be inspired. If you're not inspired, if you're not, you know, relaxed, if you're not, you know um happy or like you can't create and you can't you can't create well either the pressure sucks that out that sucks all that enjoyment out of the work and then the work comes out real bad (laughs) so you have to kind of take into consideration the personalities in the creative world as well yeah This,
1: this has been a really insightful conversation and I have to ask you actually look what is next on your journey like for, for the whole brand and everything you're doing at the moment what's what's the big what's the big goal?
2: Oh, that's a good question. So I mean that changes, I guess at some at one point, the big goal might have been like to work with certain brands or or anything like that. and I think I kind of have worked with so many brands now, so many really big ones i've I've done the international thing, like I feel like I've ticked off all the big goals that I've probably at once had. Now I just want to continue to do this and I want to now create um, projects that are, that are, so it's not so much about the brands that we work with, but the work that we produce now. I just want to create better work. I want to create um, campaigns and projects that people talk about around the world. Um, More more viral work that we can take credit for. Because a lot of the work that we've done, we can't even say we've done because of like NDAs and red tape everywhere. And I feel like I want to now be able to create something that we can say we did so that we can develop, you know, a reputation globally and, and a legacy as well for ourselves. So when people say, oh, you know, pink ship, but everybody knows who that is because of X, Y, Z project that we did. I would love to... to to get to that stage that's not necessarily what's next but that is what I want overall and I know that Mm -hmm. something like that takes maybe decades I guess to build to become an agency like BBH or MNC Saatchi where everybody knows you and everybody knows your work it takes a really long time and a lot of work to, to get to that stage but that's what I'm working towards. Fantastic.
0: But also legacy. Yes, exactly. I think those brands and those agencies. As someone who also works in marketing and media, like I know those agencies were not built overnight, and it took working on those campaigns where you said where you can own it, you can put your name to it, and actually Uh have the legacy of you have done this. You brought up the let's say the Coca Cola Christmas advert to life. Exactly that name, um, and I fully get it. Like I mean, I work for a huge brand and. Majority of the time, I can't put my name next to it. So, imagine even when I try to talk about the amazing work that I do, it's kind of like, yes. Yeah, so, we worked with such <laughs> a brand and we did this really cool thing, but I can't tell you anything else about yeah. it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really annoying. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs>
1: so, so, the last question that we ask all of the guests on the podcast for this season is what does extraordinary mean to you? Um, I'm really interested to hear your take on this, uh, given where you've come from, where you are, and where you want to go.
2: That's just such a difficult question for me. Um, what does I think it, it means excellence to me? Just being a cut above, you know, just um, being cut from a, a different cloth to everybody else who's doing what you do, and it's just having the Having the I guess the work ethic to just go the extra mile to develop your craft to, to a level where you you definitely shine and you stand out um, among other people that do what you do that's extraordinary to me
1: I absolutely love that because yeah, oh, this is great this is really, really good. and your <laughs> answer has been very, very different to all the other ones that we've had on the in the recorded in the season so far wow. And this, And this one is everyone's had a different kind of take to extraordinary, some in different areas and and with different kind of like outlooks. Your one is the first where it's very much about being that standout above the rest, really spearheading your version of excellence, your version of, I want to do this to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. The first person who's cut that through. And I think that. Applies to business life, personal life, it can apply to so much. Um, yeah, and I, I absolutely love that response. I know that Paulina will feel exactly the same because I think your version of extraordinary is pretty much almost identical or relatively the same.
0: Really? I love that literally this when we were coming up with the name for the podcast and I think extraordinary you are 100% right it's so personal it's so and which is why we get different answers from everyone and I love hearing what people's version of extraordinary is because I think it's so important to understand your version of extraordinary and not just accept the status quo of oh we all need to be successful we all need to have a million dollars in our bank account to be uh extraordinary I think it's so important to understand that but this is literally my definition of extraordinary. And even just the word extraordinary, yes. it's exactly what you just said there. It's the excellence, it's the going the extra mile, being different, being that, uh, cut from like a different cloth. And it's just exactly that. So yeah. quite what extraordinary means in my yeah. interpretation of the word. <laughs> I love that. My dad always
2: said growing up, like if you're going to do something, do it properly. That was his favorite thing to tell us. And yeah, it was jarring yes. At the time It's like okay yeah. I get it he <laughs> yeah. say it over everything Like if we're going to Sweep up the floor And just leave a little Pile of dust in the corner But not actually sweep it up And put it in the bin He would shout yeah. If you're going to do something Do it properly And that was just in my head That's in my head now Like I can't even not. I can't unhear it <laughs>
0: Yeah. i mean like it's, I, I lived in a household where a was like ordinary grades it was like so you got an a that's normal. <laughs> like, That's what we expect from you a plus is where we start giving you congratulations <laughs> <laughs> so i get it uh, but this was absolutely beautiful i i mean i'm sure there's so much that people would take away from it but thank you so much for sharing it with us i found it personally super inspirational with someone who is about to start their own business later this year i think for uh, me yeah. instead of just do and figure it out later i think i'm somewhere on the edge of trying to plan too much but at the same time knowing that i've given myself a deadline of doing it this year and just having to take the leap of faith i guess mm-hmm. and um your definition of like extraordinary, the importance of life design. I mean, for our quick, if you haven't read it guys, please read it. It's an amazing book. I'm going to read the other one you suggested, which was Click Millionaires. Definitely on my to read list immediately. Uh, and I think it's so important to yeah, design your life and like your goals. I don't think you should change your goals depending on your, the lifestyle that you want. But I do think that you should be, very often, we think about like what's the outcome that we want. So, like, as you said, career, I would challenge how many people actually think about the life they want to have or the lifestyle they want to have, the balance, exactly. how do you want to work, when do you want to work, versus we just pick careers. Everyone picks exactly careers and then tries to figure out a lifestyle around there. And then it it's kind of working backwards, I guess. Uh, so, there's so much that you said in there. And like the impact that you want to make has always been super inspiring for me to like see what my life could be if I was <laughs> a journey six years down the line uh so thank you so much for sharing it with us thank you um, for having me i've really enjoyed it
1: and before we leave um how do people find you patrice
2: so find me on instagram at patrice.css and you will find links to everything else from there um, from you will find links to pink ship which is my company and everything else that i do you can find on there
1: amazing so guys listen if you if you've listened to this then by all means go and follow um because this is amazing stuff and you know my definition to extraordinary is pretty much exactly the same my dad my dad he he was so studious it was ridiculous i mean again (laughs) like your dad in his 16s taking a degree because he just wanted <laughs> to have like more knowledge and just wanted to expand his expertise so there's a lot of commonality there. This has been a great conversation. I really have enjoyed it. I know that Paulina has as well. If you've enjoyed it as well as a listener, um, where there's gonna be more of this coming through this season, I think the key thing to take away from this is, do not be afraid to tap into your extraordinary. We say that every single episode, but it is the absolute truth. It takes courage. It just, sometimes you just gotta jump and see what happens and think about the parachute later on. But guys, <laughs> appreciate it. Have an amazing week. We'll hear you or let's speak to you again next Monday.
2: Thank you.